I know that you have a vision for your homeschool, a vision that God has put on your heart, homeschool days that are filled with joy, with a love of learning and family unity, but sometimes that vision really just seems so far from how our days actually play out. But don't lose hope. Today, we are talking with Katie Keene from Her Heart and Home podcast about how to bring joy into your homeschool, how to create a true love of learning, and how to have a homeschool that points to Jesus. You don't wanna miss this conversation. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is gonna keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have my new friend, Katie, on. Katie is the host of Her Heart and Home podcast, where she teaches Christian homeschooling moms how to live a holistic life of home stewardship that is filled with joy and peace. Hey, Katie. Hello. Thank you for having me here today, Brandy. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. So uh, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes, I'd absolutely love to. So I am the mom of five kids. Um, We have dealt with numerous special needs and um, one of my children is actually severely disabled and my husband was in the military. So we ended up, (laughs) why I do what I do, which is teaching families about unity and communication and becoming a family team is because our life required it. So in order to keep our family together, to keep our marriage together, our kids happy, functioning well and thriving, especially as a homeschool family too, um, we really had to implement a whole lot of different systems until we came up with just the right one to have kids who are thriving a marriage that's thriving. And um, now I passionately love to teach that to other families. That's awesome. Um, I know that I have some moms in my um, community who are excited to hear from you because I know you've been homeschooling for a, for a while and um, you know, you've know you dealt with all the things. So I'm very, very happy to glean from your wisdom and your experience. So one of the questions I get asked a lot or I see, you know, talked about a lot is curriculum. Mm-hmm. And you've been homeschooling for a long time. So I know you know some some things. You know, how can we make good choices when it comes to curriculum? Where do we even go? Yes. Oh, so let me say my oldest has graduated and we started this journey in 2009. And so we have had a lot of experience and I was never going to be a homeschool mom, not one of those weird families, you know, (laughs) because we came from public schoolers, but God was so good to redirect us. And this lifestyle has blessed us so much. And I remember the early years panicking and writing to every homeschool guru I could find online and every neighbor and mother who was an experienced homeschooler and saying, 
how do you how do you know what to teach them? How do you know what curriculum? How do I know I'm not going to have gaps in my kids' education? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like a probably a four year quest for me to find an answer. You know, and I mean, I bought the big box curriculums. I created my own curriculum. I did all the printables and the downloads and the subscriptions and the memberships. And I mean, I just made, I wanted to be sure I was not going to miss anything. Mm -hmm. And here's what it ended up boiling down to. (laughs) When it comes to choosing a curriculum, first figure out what kind of learning styles do your children have? What kind of learning and teaching styles do you have? What is fun? What brings you joy? What lights your kid up? Because you are going, no matter what, no matter whether you put your kid in public school, private school, the best school on the planet, or you homeschool, your kid is going to have what we might call gaps. Mm -hmm. No public school teaches the same curriculum, even from county to county, much less state to state. And your child is never going to be able to know everything in the world. So knowing what your vision is for your child and your outcome And then understanding how, you know, how can you get them to learn the best, the most joyfully is going to ignite this passion in your whole family to to not even really necessarily need curriculum. You'll end up cherry picking what you need to support you as you go on this beautiful journey of just celebrating the love of learning. And of course, go with your state's guidelines. Each state will have its own guidelines. And I think we should expose our kids to all the subjects because it's God's beautiful world. But, um, you know, it can be this gorgeous, beautiful journey instead of this terrifying thing like I felt in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I see that a lot. Um, You know, when I have friends, I just so many more people are starting to homeschool now. So it's always, you know, a new friend that's starting and that's always the first question. And it's like, almost like in terror, like, I don't know what to choose. And I do, I think it is, it's almost like you have to come to that realization on your own, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, how would you say, like, what are some good ways to figure out a learning style or a teaching style? Well, first observation, just get down on the floor and start playing with your kid. Just kind of become a student of your child. I learned that without realizing it because I was actually stuck on the couch with my third pregnancy. And had no idea that I wasn't already a student of my children. I thought I was. But when you actually just stop, and it doesn't even have to be for five months like it was for me, it can be for five <laughs> minutes. Just stop every day in different periods of the day and just look, you know, what does your child, how do they respond best to you? I knew my daughter was not an audio learner because I could not give her a couple of sentences and have her absorb it, absorb. I could give her two words. And so audio was not her best learning style, but tactile, oh my goodness, if I, if I helped her hands-on do something, she could do it forever, perfectly mm-hmm. well. You just start paying attention, look up learning styles, get a little, you know, brief education on it, and then figure out what you enjoy the most. Think back to your schooling days. Um, the biggest, most important thing for deep learning truly is joy. Mm-hmm. So. If you can prioritize joy and and enjoyment as your number one thing, when it comes to learning, real learning, good learning, you can almost not go wrong. Yeah, I know. I'd like to like think of all of the things that you've learned through your education, whether you were public schooled or homeschooled or whatever, and how much of it you actually remember. 
but you remember those things that you were into, that you were interested in, you know, that you were curious about. So I always go back to that and think like, it's okay. Like they're not, there are going to be gaps, right? But if we can pour into the things that God has called us to, and that like the gifts and talents and interests he gave each of us, you know, that's where we're going to find that joy. Yes. Oh, so I read the most interesting report years ago that just changed my whole perspective. I read that adults who had not gone through your traditional math sequence that the public school or even many of these curriculums that we buy in our homeschool would put a child through, but then suddenly realized they needed this math education for further education. You know, they wanted to become maybe something that required math. Within a six-month time frame, someone who, an adult who applied themselves could do all 12 years worth of math learning. Yes, I remember hearing that. And that saves me every day because one of my, my youngest son loves math. And my older son is like, I hate math. Like he's Mm -hmm. always just like, not about it. And I'm always, I always think of that. So I'm like, you know what? One day he's just going to realize that it's good to know your multiplication tables. And then we're going to learn them because it'll be funny. Like I'll be trying to like show him where we need it. And he's like, there's no way I'm going to need that in life. You know, even when I'm like at the store and I'm like, oh, we need four bags of this. How much money do we need? He's like, nah, I don't need that. And I'm like, what? Like, we're using it. And I'm like, one day it's going to click. And then we're just going to learn it all, you know? (laughs) That's right. It was that way for me with reading and my daughter who has dyslexia. And you know, we were told she will likely never read or speak another language or anything like that. You know, get her into high school, do American Sign Language. That'll be the best she'll ever do for foreign language. Well, instead of pushing, instead of nagging, yes, we did get therapy. I tutored her myself. We accessed other tutors, but it was always joy led. And when any of those things started going south and she stopped enjoying them, and I don't mean like entertainment type fun. I just mean like you could tell the difference in the child and the motivation. And as moms, we intuitively know we would rotate and we would switch to something different. Yeah. And now she does amazing. This kid will do whatever she is called to do by God without being held up by these diagnoses. And not only that, she is teaching herself Spanish. She has over a year total streak of never missing a day on Duolingo and she's doing it. Like this is the stuff she never should have done. And it's because the joy and the self-confidence from the joy was allowed to be there. And she was able to marinate in not having that pressure, but instead just that encouragement and that fun. And yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I love that. So recently, maybe like right before the holiday, my kids like got like really negative about like school. They're like, oh, we hate doing school. And like, we're just saying these things and I'm like, what is happening? And I'm like, this is not what I want, you know? Cause I'm like, what is school? You know, mm-hmm. we're just learning. Like we're just learning things and life is learning. You're going to learn your whole life. So I like kind of changed everything. Like you said, like if something's not working, like we just like broke everything down. I'm like, we're not using any of this curriculum that we were using. And we had like, we definitely cherry picked, but we just, I had to say, no, we have to stop. And we created like a whole, me and my husband, we started like, we made a name for our school and like made a pledge and turned it around. Like, this is what we're doing here. We're not doing school. Like I refuse to use the word now. They'll still Mm -hmm. go back to it. Like, well, when are we doing school today? I'm like, what's school? I'm like, when are we like looking up stuff that we're interested about and like trying to learn new things? I'm like, oh, probably around 10. (laughs) Yes, 
I love that. <laughs> yes, it's so true. We actually ended up because we had a lot of different therapies because of my son and even my daughter in the earlier years, we did not take summer vacation. We did not take breaks because we oftentimes would have emergencies or extra things in our days. And so we couldn't have tremendously long school hours. And for us, that was such a gift mm -hmm. because it set this pattern that we do love learning. We learn every day and we always try to stop before the fun ends. That yeah. was something that a neurodevelopmental institute that we went to for three years for training for our son taught us also and really pounded into our minds was always stop while they're having fun. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like a magic wand. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like don't wait till they're all bored and you know, because then they associate, they'll associate it with that negativity. But if you stop while they're having fun, they're always going to associate it with that fun. Oh, you know, who's going to have a hard time with that though? Mama. Cause I did. That was so hard. I'm like, but I just have this one little more box to check, but right. they're still having fun. Can't we just finish this one little thing? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they're having fun. It'll pay off because what happened was I have not had to direct my children's high school at all. My older children were able to self-direct and I partnered with them. And to hear the words, mom, how can we find me more time to study coming out of your 14, 15, 16 year old's mouth is like music to your ears. When you see what's happening down the street with the kids who have gone off to public school, never learned how to have fun learning. Yes. Um, it's beautiful. And my kids were wildly successful with getting through all sorts of amazing classes and, you know, just enjoying learning about God's world, but independent because we had established that, that love. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. So I remember you had said that and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that's like, <laughs> you know, what I aim for, you know, what I want them to be able to do. And like, my nine-year-old, he's starting to get there. Like he, um, you know, he can do a lot on his own. Um, like this morning, you know, I like to start every day off with like, what are your goals now that we're not, now that we changed our whole learning style? Like, what are the goals of the things that you're interested in learning? And we start off with weekly goals. And then every morning we're like, okay, these were the goals that you set for the week. And what could that look like today? Like, what do you want to do today? And I have them, him write down his own things. My seven-year-old, I mean, he's young that he's just not there yet. So like, I was trying to have him, like he can pick like one or two things, but then he really likes a worksheet still. And I'm like, well, oh, how cute. But if he likes it, go for it, you know? Right. Yeah. So I'm like, hold on. I got, I got some multiplication worksheets. Cause he loves math and he wants to be like, he wants to be progressing, but he needs that. Like he needs the worksheet still. So I'm like, okay, I got that for you. Let me go grab that. I love that. So I have a question. So when we're talking about them directing their own education, like what does that look like for you right now? Like how do you, how did you get them motivated? I mean, maybe not now, maybe what it looked like before, like how did you get them motivated? Okay. Well, let's go back to elementary school. For example, we know that in most States we have to cover things like math, science, history, English, you know, there's the certain subjects, right? Art. And your kid just doesn't really want to do it. But let's say they're in love with penguins. So you have the seven, eight, nine-year-old in love with penguins. Okay, well, let's go find penguin math worksheets or a penguin math game. There is one, by the way. We actually still own it because it had these- kids like penguins? 
Yeah. So we had one that did love yeah. penguins for a while. Love so it. science can be a trip to the zoo videos about penguins. It can be reading can then be Mr. Popper's penguins. History can be when did Mr. Popper live? Oh, yeah. let's go look at the time frame. What was that like? Here we get some geography. Where did he live? Oh, Antarctica. Is this where penguins are? And then art, let's draw a penguin. I mean, you can literally take your child's passion and fit the topics in around what your child loves. You as the mama just have to be creative. We get to be the student of our child. What does our child love? Great. Okay, how can I support my child in compliance with not just the state, but the fact that my child deserves to know and be exposed to all these beautiful topics that God's provided to us in the world. But with the acknowledgement that learning is holistic. You know, mm -hmm. really, it's not realistic to say we break life down into math, science, history, English. That's silly. None of us live like that as adults. It's all intertwined. Yeah. However, since we want to be compliant and we really do want to cover all the bases, it's a, it's a kind of a good framework to make sure we're, we're getting everything in. And so just follow your kid's passion. And then another tip for us when we were, when the kids were little, especially before we had some of the heavier caregiving needs was if we're having a bad day and it's just not going well, and we really just need to break out of it, well, that might be the day to go to the aquarium and see the penguins. You know, that might be the day to go do something else. It's still educational, you know, but it gets everybody out of there. And in charge of our homeschools, we are the superintendent. If it's a field trip day, it's a field trip day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so just try to always keep the negativity out the positivity and the love of learning in, and you will shock yourself. Your students will shock you <laughs> when they hit those older years. And I, I totally agree with how it like opens up to all the other things. Like just the other day we were doing, we were playing a board game. Somehow it, it turned into like a geography lesson and we like take out the map, you know, and we're looking at all the states. Like, how do you get from the East coast to the West coast with only going through seven states? And I'm like, oh, wow. And so often I want to check that box, right? Like I, I feel like I need to have control and we need to hit the math and the history. And that's when I feel so like fearful that like mm -hmm. I'm not getting enough done. But when I just lean into those things, like lean into what they're into and let like, let God lead the way, ask for wisdom. And you know, it just, it ends up working out way better than if I just sat there trying to check the boxes. So much better. And, you know, COVID um, and that time frame when kids originally came back from school actually really also helped to reconfirm to so many moms, <laughs> how many boxes are we really supposed to be checking? Mm -hmm. Because we don't really have like a good gauge most of the time on what's realistic. We just think back to our public school days. We think about how overwhelming it felt. We kind of feel like, well, that's how it's supposed to be. And when those guidelines from a lot of those public schools came out and were published to those parents whose children came home on the number of minutes per day per grade that was expected for that child to actually be implementing school activities at home for kindergartners, it was approximately 15 to 20 minutes a day for first oh, wow. grade. It wasn't a whole lot more. Now, can you think about your kindergartner or first grader in your home? Do you think that through playing with Legos and they're learning about engineering, through going outside and exploring bugs in the driveway, and you look up, well, what was that bug? Yeah. You, know, you go find a YouTube video on, well, how does that thing work that you saw? You know, the neighbor was riding this special scooter. How does that work? Mm -hmm. Do you think you get 15 to 20 minutes of intentional learning a day? Yes. For sure. Absolutely. And it was only like four to six hours total for high schoolers. I guarantee you, my high schoolers really wished they could have had 
12 hours a day because of all the different things that they wanted to learn for themselves. Yeah. um, So, you know, there are only so many boxes that we really need to check. It's like we get so um, programmed, you know, from our own youth. And as homeschooling grows, we have all of us mommies coming from that background where we're box checkers because that's what we were taught. Mm-hmm. But really we have a bigger opportunity and we're missing the bigger picture. If we don't remember that a huge part of this learning experience is about bonding. It's about creating a family team. Yes, It's about learning to have connections that last for a lifetime. And not only that, passed down through the generations. We're changing the narrative for our own kids. They can now focus more on what is Jesus calling them to? Not checking all the boxes that mean nothing, that leave us empty. I don't remember much of anything I learned in school, to be perfectly honest. And I'm done. I graduated college with honors. You know, it's like, I don't, that just, that's irrelevant stuff to me. I learned, I remember the stuff I learned. And I, I remember and, and want so much to pour into my kids that, that love and passion for what Jesus is calling them to mm-hmm. more than having that empty 16 years. Yeah. Of, what did I do? You know, you know, one thing that I always focus on is the two things that God always calls us to, right? Our relationship with him and our relationship mm-hmm. with others and how that permeates everything. So if we can teach our kids, you know, the things that help to grow strong relationships and we can intentionally grow a strong relationship with them because we're with them all day long and learn together and be curious together. Like Mm -hmm. that is teaching kids things that are going to change their lives, right? They're going to have strong relationships with their spouse, with their kids, with, with their friends or community, you know, and that is what really changes everything. It's a huge deal. And if you look at the statistics right now, over 80% of kids who are graduating from high school, who have been raised in the church are walking away. So if we look at the big picture and say, what's our ultimate outcome? What's our vision? Do we really want our children to know the Lord? Or do we just want them to have done a a good job checking off boxes in school? Mm -hmm. Do we want them to have head filled with facts? Or do we want them to understand the mercy, the forgiveness, the grace, the joy and beauty that the Lord has offered us? And that won't be conveyed if they can't have a relationship with us and then us point them to relationship with him. Yes. And so that has to be our first and foremost above and beyond any boxes that need to be checked. You know, we have to focus on what is the real thing here? What is the real deal? And creating that unity among parents and children in the homeschool and among spouses. Um, it is so vital because it's a soul issue. It's a salvation issue. Yes, sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day things, checking all the boxes, that we miss the big picture. We miss the point of it all. I really hope that this conversation has shed some light on how you can really create a homeschool that is filled with joy and hope where each member of your family thrives. And we're going to pick up this conversation in the next episode. I'm asking Katie questions submitted by you mamas in our Facebook community. And if you're not in our community yet, come on over and check it out. And then make sure you subscribe to the show so you get the notifications when new episodes come out. Then I'm going to share Katie's info in the show notes so you can connect with her. And I just pray that, Lord, you give these mamas courage and boldness to step out and homeschool the way that you are calling them to. Give them freedom to let go of the stress of box checking and trying to do it just right and let them step into just your goodness, Lord, to know that you've got their backs, Lord, and that 
that you will equip them to do this work. Give them wisdom and discernment to know what is best for their kids and their families. And just bless each of these families and create a fire in each of these mama's hearts that burns for you. In Jesus' name, amen.